That was almost perfect timing. Calvin, you can't come in right as I finished playing my first song, being a DJ tonight, because I wasn't sure where you were. Huh. Uh, my audio is terrible right now. I don't know why. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you great. Uh, well, your audio isn't the best. Uh, yeah, I, I lost track of time. I'll, I'll, let's, let's just play it by ear. If it's a problem, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, yeah, forgive me for being late. I just, I literally called a couple minutes ago, and somehow it's no, just, five. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just messing with you because I, I, uh, I, I was obviously running late myself. I wasn't connected until just a minute ago, and I'm just joking around here. Let me see if I can fix this though. Hmm. I wonder if something's wrong with my phone because I made another call earlier and there was an issue there with that. Um, I'm going to try calling through the headset because this is not going to work for me. Give me a minute. Because I'm pissed off for greatness.
Hello.
Calvin. Certainly. Wow. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Ugh, stupid computer. Uh, yes, I can hear you. Your first word was definitely a, a blur, but that's neither here nor there. We are almost 15 minutes late to this thing, and who knows what was heard or what was not heard at the beginning. But uh, here we are. So let's let's start over, shall we? Let's start over. Great. Yeah. No, no, no. We don't have to play the whole thing. I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, I, I've been hit with the 24-hour flu-ish bug of sorts. So odds are I'm not going to find a way to stop myself from coughing into this microphone. So let's see what the over-under is. I'm going to try and not cough into the microphone tonight. That's the plan. Uh, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it the whole way through. If you cough, man, I've coughed into the microphone plenty of times. We don't have cough buttons here. We're not pros. You know, everyone knows our show is terrible. <laughs> uh, I try the, uh, the cough button myself, but um, sometimes it gets me in trouble because then I don't mute my or unmute myself and then I start thinking I'm talking to you and you definitely can't hear me. Anyway, uh, we first start Great. off here. I- I don't know you, what happened. Can you not hear me? Uh, you, you, you cut in and out now. I'm just, yeah, I don't know what is happening on my end. Why don't you try I the realize. phone again? Try, try calling him back on the phone quickly, and let's see if it works. Okay, if if not, then we'll just uh, unfortunately cancel this set, I guess, and, yep. uh, and just push it back Tuesday. All right, let me try All the right, phone jump, again. I'll be back. Jump on the phone. Okay. All right. While Calvin is jumping on the phone there, just to make sure, because I think the initial problem was was my fault, because uh, people could hear him, I could hear him, but my microphone was not working. So I'll just tell you what we're going to be talking about tonight while he is switching over to his phone. Um, NBA Finals. It's right now. It's happening. The Cavs are down 3-0. We're going to talk about both sides of it, what it means for each team, and the NBA in general. And then uh, we are going to touch on some more NBA stuff, as usual around here. We love the NBA. So there's a little rumor that Calvin is going to touch on, as far as the Lakers are concerned, I believe. But first, we start with the NBA. Calvin, how's it going now? He's not hooked up yet. Why is he? Oh, there he is. Let's try this one. Calvin, what's up? What's up, man? I'm seeing you a lot better than I did before. So Wonderful. Uh, I, think yeah, it was my, we, we, I think it was my issue to start the show, and then I made you switch over, and that was your issue. So now we're back on track. Oh, nice. So maybe it was – yeah, I, it, it was because I had another call earlier today that I assumed maybe something was, that had the exact same sort of breakup, but it could have also been them. I I thought it was them at the time, but then with this double with this double scenario, I know this is boring, but yeah, I just assumed that it was my end. But anyway, well, anyone uh, that's still listening is is a champion and a superstar because there was probably ten minutes of nothing, just nothing, and I don't know what B, if BTR plays anything. I don't think they do. So thank you to anyone that's still on the line. I'm going to go retweet myself and say that we're back, just in case people dropped off. But we start with the NBA Finals, Calvin. So uh, 
How'd you like that game last night, huh? Yeah, so you have the flu. So did you see any of the game, or did you not see the game at all? I saw the first quarter, uh, and then I went to bed. Because, obviously, those games start really late. So it's it's tough to stay up when you have the flu for a 9 o'clock game that's going to roll close to midnight probably. But I did hear about sort of the way that thing ended. And uh, I, Golden State looked good in the first quarter from what I saw. So it looked to me like they were going to, they were going to take that game last night just based on that first quarter. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know how you, how like you East coasters or even managed to be sports fans. Like if, if, I, like if I lived in New York or something, I don't think I would watch sports <laughs> at all unless I was like some guy who like my day started at 11. Uh, but, but, but yeah, um, can you carry me for one second? I'm something to know. Yes. This is where, yeah, I can carry the, Yes, I can carry this because I, I am just about to retweet myself here. I, I'm just getting over there. At uh, Team Green Truth on Twitter. That's me. So you can find me over there. Are you back? Nope, he's not. I'm sorry. Um, I, no, I am. I am back. Sorry. Okay. Continue your thought. Okay. Yeah. So. So anyway, uh, doesn't doesn't matter. This game went down to the wire. Uh, the the Warriors are clearly the, like the better team than than the Cavaliers. We all knew it going into the series. We knew that they were going to win this series. Uh, but like to to his credit, and I guess to the Cavs' credit, to to a lot of their players' credit, like they managed to make it really close in this game. Uh, LeBron James was was. He played 46 minutes, and he was plus seven in those 46 minutes. And in the other two minutes, uh, the Cavaliers were minus 12, and they lost by five. And now, somehow, like that, in in what's been happening in these games, it's like it's bringing up this notion that like Kevin Durant might have surpassed LeBron as as the best player in the NBA because Kevin Durant, you know, sort of hit a three over LeBron in the final minutes of the game when LeBron was clearly exhausted. And there's, you know, guys like Paul Pierce, who are basically saying that Kevin Durant is a better basketball player than LeBron James. Although I, I, right now. I feel it uh, right now. Although I feel like Paul Pierce doesn't actually believe that. And I, I feel like there's a, there's a little bit of like the, the, the personal agenda going on with Paul Pierce. And I, I, I can't even blame, not that I even blame him for this because I find it hilarious. I think Paul Pierce just doesn't like LeBron as much as he likes of course not. Uh, Kevin that's, Durant. Yeah, that's pretty clear. Pretty, that's pretty clear. He just doesn't yeah. want to, to say that he's the best player. He wants to find any possible way to tear him down a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what it is with him. But I feel like it's it's not just him. There's sort of this narrative that like has Durant passed LeBron. What do you think? Well, no, he hasn't. I mean, he's playing. He's playing great right now, and he looks. He, he, by all accounts, obviously, like I said, I didn't see it, but he sort of took control of that game and went on to bring his team to victory. But um, in general, overall, no, I would say that if you're if you're still looking to build around a player for a championship for the next year or two, you would start with LeBron James. Kevin Durant is is right there. He's one of the. I think he's probably next on the list and he's starting to, and that's coming out in this finals and in this playoff run. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far just yet. We'll see next year. If LeBron James brings his team back to the finals, 
if or if he's fallen off a little bit because he he's the one that said he's tired after this game. So we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. But to start next season, I think LeBron is still the first guy that you would look at, and this is this is going to be the, the season coming up here where Kevin Durant might take that title from him. You know the ironic thing about LeBron saying he's tired is is somebody after after game two asked LeBron if he was tired and he said, oh, I put up a triple-double. Of course I'm not tired. Did I look tired up? Like, he got offended by the question, and now he's like, now he's like, I'm tired. You know what I mean? It's like, are you tired or are you not tired? Yep. So he, had to be tired, he just wants it to be, he wants it to make him make himself sound good. That's all. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he, he wants to be tired. He's always looking for excuses. Like, yeah, like, regardless of whether or not like any of this is his fault or there's anything he can do. Because I feel like he, he – it's basically impossible for him to play better than he has in this series, right? Like, he's playing as well as anybody ever has. So oh, like, yeah, he's been incredible. He just doesn't have enough around him to beat this team. And this this goes, like, to, to me, to the mindset of, like, this is the epitome of of how I would counteract the the, the, the bottom line guy. The, like, oh, championship or bust guy. Because uh, along with this with LeBron, there's sort of this notion. It, like People are criticizing LeBron today because he passed the ball to Kyle Korver uh, for a three-point shot. But the problem is is that pass to Kyle Korver for the three-point shot, first of all, he he had uh, Draymond on him and Kevin Durant behind him at the rim. So he like, people wanted him to either go up for a jump shot with, like, two people there or pass to a wide-open Kyle Korver who missed a three. So just basketball decisions alone, like, that's a smart decision, but people are like, oh, Jordan would never do that. That's literally what people are talking about today. But beyond that, like, that, that play was... Yeah, I don't know if Jordan seconds. would never do that. I mean, yeah. you're, you're trying to tell me that if he saw Steve Kerr in the, car, in the corner, he wouldn't pass to him? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Right? Yeah. Steve Kerr in the corner yeah, is saying. essentially the same as Kyle Korver in the corner. And don't tell me that Steve Kerr was a better player than Kyle Korver or that he was, he was tougher or mentally, whatever. I don't care. They're both ex- excellent shooters, and they're both there for the same reason built around a superstar talent. So don't tell me that Michael Jordan wouldn't pass to Steve Kerr. That's the equivalency, and it, w- it happened many times. Yeah, it's, there's a famous game-winning shot where Jordan passed to Steve Kerr out the double team. But not only that, like I said, it, this is, it wasn't even at the end of the game. There were, there were like three or four possessions after that, right? Uh, LeBron did get the ball again with a chance to tie with 13 seconds left. And, you know, uh, Andre Iguodala stripped him on the way up for a three. But, like, somehow that doesn't count as, like, LeBron put, trying to put the team on his back and scoring because with 53 seconds left, he decided to pass. You know what I mean? Like, does he, is the idea – how far back, if you're the person who, like, want – I'd love to hear somebody call in and, and take the other side of this because I really want to know how far back in the game uh, LeBron can go before he's allowed to pass. You know what I mean? Like – if, if he makes if he makes a pass with three minutes Never. to go, to, to go, yeah, should should he take every shot in the game? Like the fact that he's a good passer and he creates wide open shots for his teammates, like that doesn't mean anything because Jordan would never do that. Like the mentality with Jordan sometimes, it's like he made the smartest basketball decision possible. And you, you know who else plays like uh, the Warriors? Like all they do is pass for right. yep. open shots. Throw the ball around. Try and find a guy that's going to knock it down. Find the hot hand, whoever it may be. Clay Thompson. Steph Curry, even Draymond Green, when he gets it going, that team, it, it, it's unstoppable. That's, and they're showing it this in this playoff run. I, I fully believe that they're going to win game four as well on Friday, and they are going to set the record for 
the the most playoff wins without a loss going forward. And I mean that's it, sixteen and zero. That would be historic, and I believe it's going to happen because they just as good as LeBron James is. Every single other player on his team needs to play at an extremely high level and do that all at the same time in order to beat this Warriors team. Because even if even the guys that, that aren't shooting very well or having an off night, that's that's still above average for half of that half of the Warriors team that is or half of their players that are actually getting playing time. I should say, even Iguodala can raise his game to a higher level than half of the entire Cavs roster or more than that, even. So the, the whole team needs to play extremely well. And if they don't, the Warriors are going to win because all they need is one or two guys to have a good night. And they should be better than the Cleveland Cavaliers. At this point, all of America, except for like the most ad, you know, the most advent of Warriors haters, like maybe like my roommate definitely hates Steph Curry enough to like not be on this side, but so most people should be rooting for the Warriors to win this next game because they because that's, like history right now is the only thing that could possibly redeem these crappy NBA playoffs, right? Like literally almost every series has been like anticlimactic or somebody somebody getting hurt or like just not being as interesting as we thought. If, oh, it's been if, terrible. Like yeah, if Cleveland wins this game and then Golden State wins in five, like then then it's like that. They just become like okay, they're they're still one of the all-time great teams, but then they just have the same record as the Sixers and the Lakers, and it's like they they'll stand they're, they're just, just yeah, they're just another they're just yeah. another great team that went through a crappy playoff run, and people are gonna not give them as much credit as they probably deserve. So you know what? I hope they win. I hope LeBron gets swept out of the playoffs here, just as he did to so many other teams in, over the course of his career. And uh, that's it. I hope I hope that the Warriors pull it off. But the overall long-term effect of this, I don't want them to do it again next year, Calvin. I don't I don't want to see a dynasty where there's absolutely no competition. Dynasties and where where the series that they play are fought hard and competitive is is one thing. If you find a way to win against teams that are now and again or over and over just as good as you and you beat them or They've gotten to that point. Look at the, the Cowboys against the, the Buffalo Bills. As much as I hate the Cowboys in the, in the NFL, I look at that as a good dynasty because they had legitimate competition most of the time that they went to the Super Bowl. They they went through legitimate playoff runs. The Lakers were the same thing, as much as I hate to say it, and I think the Celtics in the 80s were the same as well. I can't say the same about the Celtics in the 50s and 60s because that was just utter dominance at times. But I, I like when there's competition. So I don't want to see a back-to-back 16-0 and run by the Golden State Warriors. Somebody's got to figure out a way to, to beat this team a couple times in the playoffs at least. I mean, they'll probably lose a couple of times. But barring some unforeseen circumstance, and I, I don't know what that circumstance would be, um, maybe like like. Chris Paul and Blake going to the Cavs for the minimum or something like it would have to be because that team doesn't have cap. It'd have to be like <laughs> some sort of scenario where like superstars signed for almost no money, right? Like what's you're right. This is the problem with the Warriors just going forward is like you look at them in this series. Like I don't think Cleveland's played bad at all. Like Cleveland, the, the way Cleveland has played would beat you know probably and this goes back to like my Bulls argument and why I think like the the nineties Bulls were a little overrated. I, I think I feel like this Cleveland team probably could beat the Bulls, or at least it would be it would be close. 
but I don't I don't feel like it would be close if they played the Warriors. I just don't. I and like I said, Cleveland played as as well as it could play, and it's still like, and they were. Up, I I had a, a the Warriors minus four in that game, and not to go back to gambling, but I was gambling, uh, and they were down five with a minute fifteen left. And somehow they made up that nine points in a minute fifteen, and they won by five. And yeah, it's just so easy for them to like just mess up and then win again. Like I don't even think the Warriors have played their best. You know what I mean? Like, they just slop you with the basketball. They make dumb plays all the time. They're just so much better than the Cavs. I don't know what the answer to that is next year. Uh, and now Durant's talking about how he's, like, willing to sign uh, a smaller contract in order to bring all the role players well, back. Well, yeah, because he's going to win championships for years and yeah. years because he's cherry-picked his championships. I mean, this is this is crazy. I, I just... I, I don't like to see something like that. So that's why I, I want something to happen, whether it's a, an upstart team like the Celtics coming together and, and being able to fend them off or any other team for that matter. I just say the Celtics because they feel like they're the team that's closest to, to getting over the hump that they've been in for quite some time. LeBron's already been there. The Spurs have been there before, but this iteration of them is not. So they, they're probably another example. But it, I just – somebody's got – has to give them a run and at least put a scare into them like the warrior or like the Cavs did last year. Uh, but now that they've got Durant, it just, it seems as though it's going to be a foregone conclusion for the next, however long he feels like staying there uh, because <laughs> that team looks unstoppable. They definitely look like the greatest team in NBA history. Well, the thought with the, thought with the Cavs is they're, they're one movable piece and we'll just get right into it right now then uh kevin love like kyrie irving is also a movable piece but it feels like given his age and like uh the situation that he's in i just feel like it's less likely that they move him especially like how he's sort of learned to play with lebron or at least like alternate sort of in the in the kyrie steph way like i think kevin love's played well in these finals like i ride hard for kevin love i i people not, like, totally hard, but people have sort of unfairly maligned him for, like, not being the the player they expected him to be, but it's, like, a lot of that has to do with roles. Like, he still, he balled out in that, in, in this series. I, he didn't have a great game shooting-wise in this last game, but he still had 13 rebounds and six steals and played, like, he's also a much better defender than people realize. Like, people, he he's bad against small guys on a switch on an island, but, like, as an individual defender, against, like, bigs and against even even small forwards, he's fine. Like, he can defend Clay Thompson fine. He just can't defend Curry. Um, so, I, I guess my point is, one, I, I like him, but two, like, the Cavs are, like, people are saying maybe he'll be the guy they put up because his contract is movable, unlike a guy like J.R. Smith or Thompson, and they'll, they'll want to hold on to Kyrie. Would you believe in the Cavs having a chance next year, first of all, if they somehow were able to pull off something like love for Paul George. Um, I would, I would say yes. They definitely have a chance if they could find a way to do that. Paul George is yet another star type of player that could score along with LeBron. He would probably take a lot of weight off of LeBron as well. If, if LeBron of course would, would defer to him at more often than not, you, you could probably get away with LeBron James averaging 25 minutes a game in the regular season while Paul George averages 
35 minutes a game in the regular season and still be the number one seed in the East. If LeBron is ready, is willing to take that type of a back seat in the regular season and then turn it on in the playoffs and get back to form. And 25 minutes is probably low. Obviously he plays a lot, but I'm just trying to say to, to extend his career, that would be the move to do. Well, I mean, if you're, if, if you're LeBron, I think I would take that every single day because not only does Paul George offer you that other option on offense and is a guy that you can lean on in that regard, he's a pretty good defender as well. And I think if he was playing for a championship, playing in that setting, he would be even better than he has been in, in recent years. So they could pull something like that off. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, we'll get into Paul George more. I'm not I'm not sure that I believe that he is going to be moved in this offseason, but um, uh, even though he probably should be. But getting, getting back to uh, Kevin Love specifically, as a Celtics fan, would, would you have any interest at this point in Kevin Love? Are you, are you just automatically you giving me the automatic no? If I said, no, I have interest in love there. for the right deal. I always give you, I always give you the, this answer though. This is the same answer I've been giving you about every, pretty much every deal that, that you've ever thrown at me. If it's the if it's the right deal, and it seems like good value, then I will I will I would trade for that player. I, he's he's still capable, and I think that he would fit into the Brad Stevens system. He would actually be perfect for this system because he crashes the he glass offensively. He's an excellent rebounder. And he can shoot the three. So I think that if you could find a way to bring Kevin Love over here and replace him or replace Kelly Olenek's spot with him, that would, that would be a major upgrade for this team. Absolutely. But what are we talking about? Are we talking about a couple of first-round picks? Are we talking about faults? Are we talking about Jalen Brown and Bradley and Crowder? And what kind of combination are you throwing out here, Calvin? Because some of the stuff that I've seen on Twitter from Comcast Sportsnet around here is just totally asinine. Oh really? Do you, do you have something? Give me something. I'm, I'm curious. Oh, let I me have, let me go to there. Hold on. Thought. You you give me yours, and I'll go to their their uh, page right now because they've been throwing all these tweets out there just to sort of gauge the Celtics fan interest, and most of them don't go their way. And, and there was like there was mm-hmm. one I think that I agreed to. Uh, so let me go take a look. What's what's your Kevin Love thought? My Kevin Love thought is is if the if the Cavaliers were to trade Kevin Love, okay in we're not talking about – once we get into three-team scenarios, it's obviously more difficult to, like, project what another team would, would want back or, like, what the three-way situation would be. But the Cavaliers would be trading Kevin Love in order to try to compete with what the Warriors have now. So you have to, you have to keep that in mind. So, when they, so I don't think that they would want Markel Fultz because, one, he plays the same position as Kyrie. But, two, like, that's an immediate – like, Kevin Love for Markel Fultz, while – that might be great for the Cavs, like in the long run. It's an immediate step back, and like LeBron can opt out after next season. There's no way they do that deal, even if the Celtics offered them full. What they would want in a Kevin Love deal is are established guys who can switch in and sort of uh, play defense against the Warriors specifically, because the Cavaliers probably feel like they can get to the finals no matter what if they have LeBron. You know, whoever else is around him is almost irrelevant, right? Getting to the finals at least probably next year. So, if, if you're the Cavaliers, you want guy again. You want guys who can switch and guys who can defend and, and hit threes. So, with that in mind, um, I need to see what Kevin Love's contract is. But right. I would, I would imagine probably they would, they would probably accept something like Bradley and Crowder. Okay. Uh, as much as I would hate to give up Bradley because I love him as a player, 
I think you do something like that. And Crowder is a tough loss. That's going to make you worse defensively. You need to make sure that, or you need to be sure, I should say, that Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Terry Rozier, if he sticks around, are going to be the guys to pick up the slack defensively there at the guard and forward positions because you're going to need it if you're giving up those two guys. So if you're confident that they can step in, then definitely trade for Kevin Love as much as it pains me to, to get rid of that, a guy like Bradley. Um, CSN New England was was putting stuff out there. They've got a couple of options for a, a Paul George pick or a Paul, uh, trade, I should say, not a Paul George pick, a Paul George trade. You want to hear those two options and see how reasonable you think they are? Well, you, you know, unlike you, I love trade talk. I'll talk about, I know. We talk about trade talk every episode. Well, you mentioned Paul George, so I think it fits the, the, the segment here. I'll just hit these real quick. Their first option, which I will say both uh, – or let's see, 2,500 people voted on this one, and 72% said no. And then on the second one that I'll give you, 3,000 people voted, and 51% said no. So the Celtics fans Ooh. seem to like the second trade better. But here's the first one. Uh, Paul George, for Brooklyn's pick next year, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and Tyler Zeller. And I will say that I voted yes on this one. Paul George for next year's Brooklyn pick, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and, and Tyler Zeller. Yeah. Uh, if I'm a Celtics fan, I do that in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. Because Yep, well, 72% yeah. of 2,500 people disagree with you. I was not one of those people. Yeah, I would have done it as well. Definitely, I would do that. So the second option here that they threw out there, at CSNNE, by the way, if you want to go look at these yourself uh, on Twitter, Paul George for the 2018 Brooklyn pick, along with Bradley and Crowder, just like you said. Uh, but you didn't throw the pick in there, which makes me hesitant I, to throw all three of those things in. I would say that if they want that pick, or even uh, that pick and a second pick, then you give them either Bradley or Crowder, not both. Well, but if you take the pick out of there, because I think it's going to be another high pick, if you take the pick out of there, then I would I would probably send both of them away. Well, I think George has a higher trade value than Love at this point. So if, if we're talking about for George, I think you probably do. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm Indiana that I that I would want Bradley and Crowder because like they their team was like that already sort of has. Uh, a bunch of swingmen who shoot. I mean, Bradley, in particular, I, I, I guess maybe you would, but I, I'm not sure you want to pay. Look, Avery Bradley is a guy who he's going to come up for free agency after next season, and I think he has a lot of value on a good team. I'm not sure what Avery, like paying Avery Bradley, does when you have like a younger team that that needs time to build. Not that Avery Bradley's old per se, but he just makes sense as like as a role player on an awesome team rather than a guy that you're like giving a huge contract yeah, to you. I think you're right. You, you know what I mean? On a team yeah. that's not going to be good anyway. If I'm Indiana, I'm, I'm not sure I, I want Bradley for that reason, except for maybe like as a sec, as an asset to then like flip to a contender again. But I, I would Crowder makes makes a little more sense as part of that deal because of the fact that he he uh, has a couple of years left on his contract at value. But if I'm Indiana, I you know again salaries have to match, but. I wouldn't want Bradley as part of that deal. I would want, I would probably more likely to want Smart instead and have the Celtics keep hmm. Bradley. I, I, I think I'd be okay with that as yeah. a fan, but I feel like the organization would would rather than take Bradley. Um, either way. So right. Calvin, I went down the rabbit hole a little bit, 
and further down there, they throw up a trade for Anthony Davis where uh, nine or 8,500 people voted on this. 55% said no. They're turning into Danny Ainge over here. Nobody wants to make any trades. This is similar to the, to the first Paul George offer that I threw out there, but it takes away Rogier and it adds their pick this year. So it's this year's pick Brooklyn's pick next year, Bradley Brown and Zeller for Anthony Davis. 4,000 people are saying no. Uh, I think that's you, you got to do I, it, right? You have to do what, it. That's you have. You have, yeah, it's, no, no, no. If you can do that, don't, don't get me wrong. You can't do that. I mean, by you can't, I mean, like, New Orleans isn't taking that. But if you, if right. you could do that, you would have to do it. I know, Mark, it's, I, I know why they're saying no excitement, Markel Fultz, what could he be, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the odds that Markel Fultz is a better basketball player than Anthony Davis are, like, Not minutely good. small, right? My, even yeah. if Markel Fultz is extreme success, it's still minutely small. And he, could, as as he, could be, he could end up being, by far and away, the best player in this draft. Hands down, he could, he could end up being that, that player, that franchise player. He could win titles. But you're right. Overall, how can you get better than what Anthony Davis is projected to do the way that he's been playing in the last couple of years? As long as he can stay healthy, that guy seems like an absolute monster. Yeah, and, and as far as next year's Brooklyn pick goes, like, look, it's, Brooklyn's not going to be amazing next year, but, like, but expecting them to be the worst team in the league two years in a row, like, we don't know what they're going to do in this offseason. And even if they are the worst team, like, the, the odds are still against them getting the number one pick again. So, like, you might be talking about, you know, the number six pick or, like, the number eight pick or, or some other thing that has value, but, it like, don't assume that, like, oh, we're just we're giving up bolts and another all-star or whatever. Like, that's, that's such a leap for me. You know what I mean? Like, I would have to make that deal for Anthony Davis. Yeah, there's, there's no question you make that deal for Anthony Davis. All who right. Are the, who so, are the other guys again? Yeah, not even Jalen Brown, you said too? Yeah, Jalen Brown, fine. Zeller. Yeah, and Bradley. that's fine. I'd still do it. I'm doing yep. it. All right. Well, they only did one more scenario, and it was a Porzingis scenario, which I'm not as excited about. So they gave three options. Which one do you want? Uh, I mean, I don't know what they are, so you just give, give them all to me, I guess. Um, okay. Actually, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the one that the Celtics fans liked the least, which appears to be option number three. <clears throat> the Knicks get this year's first overall pick, Jalen Brown and Ante's, Ante Zizic, the, the gentleman – that will be coming from overseas, most likely, to the Celtics next year. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm. I tend to be like a little less high on Porzingis than a lot of people are. So yeah, me too. Because of that, I feel like with Porzingis, a lot of it is like it's a New York thing. Don't get me wrong, Porzingis is good, but like people talk about Porzingis like he's. Uh, like he's Jokic, you know what I mean? He's not Jokic. He's not. I guess nope. That's where I'm at. Like, yeah, for Jokic, I might consider doing it, even though like Jokic, I also feel like is a little bit overrated. But I, but he's still, I don't know. He's proven it more in a way that like Porzingis's inconsistency makes me feel like I feel like he's never gonna quite get there. I, that's All sort right. Of so are you right out on him. on the? Would you be out on the Celtics trading the number one overall pick to the Knicks if, in any sort of form? 
to get Porzingis as the main piece because that's what all three of these trade scenarios are based around. Um, I I think that I would here here's where I would be at if if I'm the Celtics. I would I would do it I think for Porzingis in the Knicks eight pick, but I wouldn't do it I wouldn't do it for just Porzingis. I think I think that's where I'm at. All right, I. I think I'd agree with you on that one. Uh, the, the one interesting one that they threw out there for this scenario was Porzingis and Carmelo with the, that, the number one overall pick going back to New York and Al Horford and Marcus Smart. I say there's no chance it's going to happen because the Celtics are all in on Al Horford, in my opinion. But does that sound like a, a trade of good value to you, bringing Carmelo over as well? Um, I actually... I strangely don't hate that, and the reason why is because, like Carmelo as Carmelo as your small ball four in that scenario with Porzingis at the five, like that's that's kind of an interesting big man lineup. If if Carmelo's like willing to grind, because he's he's like physical enough, you know what I mean? Like I I kind of I kind of can see how that would work if if you take those two. And I, I sort of have thought this about the Knicks anyway. Like if they didn't run such an antiquated offense, like they they Obviously, they have a guard problem anyway, but like they could have been a little more interesting than they were if, if they were running sort of a different type of offense. Um, ultimately, I think I would go with no, but that one, that one would be tempting. All right, enough trade talk. We got to move on to okay. some different things here. This is not all basketball tonight. The rest of the show is going to be much less basketball, actually. Um, we, no yeah, basketball. We got the rest of the show. No yeah, basketball. One more the rest basketball of the show. Tonight. But there's one more basketball thing that you were going to talk about, and it is some ridiculous rumor that you heard about LeBron going to Los Angeles. What is that all about? Yeah, you, yeah. Look, ridiculous rumor, yes. But let me tell you something. It's not like it's not like something that I I saw in the comment section of RealGM.com or something. This is a thing like it's it's like out there, man. Like there's something on Sports Illustrated right now about how LeBron could go to the Lakers hmm. in 2018. There are people like on on ESPN during the finals, like in post game shows, talking about how LeBron go to the Lakers in 2018. I don't know where hmm. it came came, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, but it, how how do you feel about that? Are you you excited about this rumor? Uh, well, first, no, you, I'm not excited because, I mean, I am I am I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of excited by it because it's like it's just such an interesting thought, and it's so the thing I like about it is like. It, it it's such a like interesting turn in the like LeBron got drama for leaving for like leaving Cleveland to go to Miami and then got drama from leaving Miami to go back to Cleveland and or, but and then he was like accepted for oh he's going to his hometown but then Kevin like Kevin Durant got a bunch of crap for leaving the the Thunder to go play for the Warriors and like how could this guy leave the best team if like Durant got so much crap this year if LeBron then turned around and left the Cavaliers because he couldn't beat the Warriors in order to, like, meet up in L.A. with Paul George. Like, I would just love to, like, see reactions to that. And it would just blow my – like, no one would People's heads would explode. Are you kidding me? They would lose their minds. I would probably lose my mind for a little while. It's it's such an outrageous proposition. But you know what that would do is likely give me what I just asked for 20 minutes ago and some – in the form of uh, some competition for the Warriors. So I I guess that's that would be okay with me, even though it's the Lakers. 
But I was going to say, would you be okay with that competition being the Lakers? That hurts. That would, I would be real bitter about it. I would probably root for the Warriors even harder yeah. in, in that situation and hope that they actually get there after going seven games in the Western Conference Finals. But, yeah, I, I would be happy seeing that Western Conference Finals matchup uh, just out of the fact that it's going to give them some competition. Yeah, it would be such a weird thing for me, too, because I've spent you know his entire career hating LeBron, and I probably would continue to hate LeBron because his personality just annoys me. And I, once I've committed to hating someone, I, I hate them. But at the same time, like, I, obviously, I would have to root for him to succeed, right? I wouldn't be root. I'm not like – I would still choose my oh, sure. team over, like, my dislike of LeBron. I was never a big Shaq fan either, but I, like, I just rode through that. Yeah, do you, think, do you think Miami fans were all in love with LeBron for the first few years of his career? I doubt it. I don't know. They probably didn't have as much of a rivalry with the Heat, so I, I think they probably did love him immediately. No, but, um, I mean, why would you – unless you just – had an idea that he was going to be coming to your team or something, I don't know, or you just liked him as a basketball player, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, draw any connection between that and I mean, any other team. To say he decided to take his talents to Orlando or something instead of South Beach. Yeah, but now, in that, that case, though, work. wherever LeBron he decided to go like, to win that championship, they would have loved him. But he wasn't like the universally reviled, not universally, but he wasn't the reviled figure he became like after that decision to go to Miami. So it, it, it was much like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. Like people hate Kevin Durant now, but like they didn't hate him a year ago. So when he's deciding on what, you still like him up until the moment he makes that decision. If he makes the decision to go to your team, then you're fine with it. Whereas LeBron, like there's, there's like way more history. To me, it's more like when Carl Malone went to the Lakers and I spent years hating Carl Malone and his dirty play. And I still didn't really like him that much on the Lakers, but luckily, I say luckily, but he wasn't actually good enough at basketball for it to create a, a moral dilemma for me. But, um, yeah, I, here's the thing. I don't, I don't believe it. Like people are saying, oh, he has a house in L.A. and he wants to get his, like, uh, he wants to get his post-NBA life going in terms of, like, uh, the entertainment industry and whatnot, and, and that's fine. I feel like basically almost like every superstar level wants that, and everyone in the NBA has a house here. And, like, in theory, I, I'm not saying, like, LeBron would be against going to the Lakers. I just don't think that LeBron could, like, could bring himself to bailing out on the Cavaliers again after the – just like he, That he would be tough. To like That's what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see how dirty he really is. How much of a scoundrel is this guy for for real? Is he really going to turn his back on Cleveland a second time? Would that even be possible? Oh, man, I kind of hope he does. I mean, I yeah, here's the thing. Like, I'd be interested in – even Lakers aside, just like I said, for the drama and the interest part of it, I I would love it if he did it. Even if, you, even if he ends up going somewhere else. Um, I just I don't believe it, man. I, especially like going to the Lakers. I'm I mean, like I have a lot of faith in Brandon Ingram based on what I saw in the second half of the year. And he'll be a better player, and that's fine. And like the Lakers have pieces, but I just think even with Paul George, like LeBron taking that risk to then go to the Lakers unless somebody else just decides to come on like a low end contract, then then maybe. But other than that, I don't see it. Yeah, maybe he'll bring Kevin Love with him. Um, anyway. Let's uh, let's move on, Calvin. It's it's becoming that time of year where we can't just talk about basketball for hours and on end. So we got to figure out something else to talk about. And uh, tonight it's uh, baseball everywhere. What do you have? Uh, why don't we start with your your 
David Price thing. I'm interested in your thoughts on that. All right, great. Well, let me go see how he's doing right now against the Yankees. I should have pulled this up much sooner than this, just so I could talk about this. But uh, last night, for anyone that missed it, David Price went absolutely nuts in the locker room and was dropping and MFers and uh, every swear word that you can come up with towards the media. Uh, he he is done with the media. He's finished with every everybody out there that's been uh, making fun of him or. Uh, judging him for pitching poorly, and he's he's had enough. He's done. He's he's finished with it all. He's no, only going to talk to the media on days that he pitches. No more, Mister. He's just not personal questions. He's going to focus on baseball and let up three runs in the third inning against the New York Yankees. The Red Sox are down four to one right now, thanks to David Price. Uh, he's thrown 86 pitches through three and two thirds, and the thing that kills me is that I, I just have a feeling that just the, the way that he's talking and we've kind of seen that he's, uh, he, he can't really handle the pressure of Boston. Uh, it, it's a cliche, but it's it, look at the list of guys that have come through this Red Sox team over the years that, that couldn't do it. Edgar Renteria comes to mind. Uh, there, that, that, was, that was one he couldn't handle the pressure. John Lackey, not very good with the pressure around here. He did not like the media. Those are just two off the top of my head. There are countless guys that have come through this, this organization and not been able to deal with it. And David Price just looks like the next one in a long list of guys. But the problem is they're not going to be able to trade him, and they're committed to him. So if he can't get over this mental block, there's going to be a, a problem. Uh, and this is what concerns me is that he's – he can't even focus on the road. Like I understand if he's getting heckled by home fans that you're not used to that type of stuff. He probably th- doesn't like it. And that's fine. If you feel pressure at home and you can't pr- perform, you probably shouldn't be pitching in the major leagues, but go out and get him at, on the road. Right. But tonight he's, he, he looks pretty bad in the third inning and the Yankees are just tagging him. Uh, so I, the thing that really kills me is, is that he, he, Calvin, he can't like just push it all aside and forget about it. He's always on Twitter. He's he doesn't have the the, the mentality like a guy like Chris Sale does have, where he's not going to listen to any of that stuff. He drowns it all out. And people thought that last night's tirade in the locker room was going to set a spark under David Price, and it was going to uh, make him pitch well tonight, and that it was going to turn everything around. Uh, but it, 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 right now it doesn't seem to be doing that. He's just got out of the third inning, uh, and it's it's four to one Yankees. Uh, so, sorry, that was the fourth inning. They just they just scored. But the, the thing is that he he just he he's trying so hard to prove everybody wrong that he's not focusing on just going out and pitching well, and that's what he really should be doing. Here's what I'm wondering, Larry. Um, you're in Boston, so you can you can give me a better idea of this. So it, it looks like last year he had like a little bit of a down year, but not, not a terrible year, right? So all, when it all said and done, his ERA was under four in the American League. Like, that's not too bad. Three, not horrible. Like, yeah, no, he didn't have a bad not, year numbers-wise. Yeah. yeah, it's not obviously not like Cy Young winning, but it's not like it's, – it's not a guy who you would typically crucify if he, if he had that year. Uh, and then this year he's basically been injured for the start of the season, right? He's sort of just mm-hmm. coming off this injury – uh, recently, so it's kind of like it's not it's not probably in, in my opinion really fair to like go in on him too far this early on in his season considering his injury. 
but again, you live in Boston. What I'm wondering is, is like, is he? Do you feel like David Price is is like taking it from the Boston media and Boston fans? Like, is is he the brunt of like the the complaining? Is he the one? Is, is the hammer falling harder on his head than like other Red Sox fans? What do you think? It's like, like literally just the typical well, Boston thing. No, no, I think it's a little bit of both because, you know what, the money thing is there. He signed a big deal. Carl Crawford is another guy that comes to mind, couldn't handle the pressure, couldn't handle the people calling him out for making a lot of money. Um, but this David Price thing, sometimes he puts this on himself. He, he's getting mad about people going on Twitter. He he reads the the, uh, the articles that are written about him. It, it, at times, it's the way he reacts to things, it sounds like he's listening to the radio and stuff like that. It's like, dude – Get away from all that stuff. Go to the ballpark. Take a page out of Chris Sale's book. He's the leader now. You're not the number one anymore. You don't have to be. Just go out there and pitch well and shut up and and don't complain about things and don't whine and cry that people are criticizing you because guess what? You were brought here to be the number one guy, to get paid all this money, and regardless of what you think you thought you were getting into with, with Boston – Red Sox fans are still crazy. They're still lunatics. Like they expect the guys that are getting paid a lot to perform at the top level. And when you don't, they're going to let you know there. And sometimes it's not very nice as Adam Jones will attest to. Sometimes they uh, deserve to get kicked out of the ballpark for some of the stuff that they throw at you. But as a professional athlete getting paid that much money, we all expect that you're going to be able to drown most of that stuff out. Obviously crossing the line of, of racism is like I just alluded to with the Adam Jones incident is not anything I would ever condone. But if you are getting heckled because you're, because your contract is huge, which is specifically something that a couple of Pawtucket Red Sox fans did. They made some, some t-shirts that uh, had a joke about his, his uh, $31 million. I think it said 31 shades of suck. 31 million shades of suck or something like that. Uh, it was very, very funny in my opinion, but I mean, that's, that's just people ragging him for getting, being overpaid. He, if he's supposed to be a number one starter in this league, he's got to be able to drown that out and go to work like Chris sale is doing. That's a guy that, that just puts his head down. Actually, it, all the, the rest of the staff does too. It's, he's really the only one that's that, that, gets all whiny and cryy with the, with the media. Yeah. Here's the thing for me is like in major league baseball, uh, you don't have to talk to the media necessarily if you don't want to. And that's something I, I, I would appreciate because I, I feel like a lot of, a lot of times uh, guys are being forced in the situation, but even like when guys are forced in the situations, look, if David Price was just doing the Mar- Marshawn Lynch thing where he, he was like uh, upset at the way he was being treated by the media, uh, whether fairly or not, and then decided to just give them nothing, or to, uh, or, or like if, if he just act, if he just didn't care or like refused to talk to them, that'd be fine. But he, but his response was so so emotional and so like hurt. That's what makes me feel like if I'm a Red Sox fan, I'd be concerned about whether or not he can take it. Because the guy who like just is is over it and doesn't want to talk to the media because he feels it's unproductive, that's fine. That guy will still go out there and do his job. He'll just be surly and he won't give you quotes. But the guy who's like hears everything, especially like as a pitcher, and it comes down to every little tiny detail, you do wonder if he's cracking under the pressure. Oh, man. He blocks people left and right on Twitter, Calvin. He's just, he's so in tune with the negativity that this town spews out there about guys that are overpaid. 
that it's it's affecting him. I truly believe that it's affecting him, and I, that's why I wish and I hope that the rest of the staff can get to him this year and sort of say, listen, this is how you drown it out. Put your phone away. I'm gonna throw it in the toilet. Like I feel I feel yeah. like in in the past to cross sports again, Kevin Garnett it was taking guys' phones and, and breaking them because they were using them during practice or in the locker room or what have you when he thought that they should be focused on other things. Get off Twitter, David Price. It's going to be better for you and your, the rest of your teammates in the long run. And if the media asks you about something that was said on Twitter, then you can say, I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. I didn't see it this time. Sorry, guys. No comment. I, I don't know what you're talking about. And then that's the media's fault for trying to bring stuff up and trying to dredge up things that, that would try and hurt David Price. This whole thing with the media right now is, is getting kind of crazy because he's, he's really lashing out. And there are, are longtime writers writing columns in defense of David Price. And then all these hothead radio guys are going off about how the, it's, it's a, it's bad column and it doesn't make any sense or like David Price needs to, to, to man up and all this. And I would, I would tend to side with them, but at the same time, you said it, he is taking, taking a, a harder hit than most of the other players on this team and than most players in years past. But um, I, w- I would say it's probably no harder than Carl Crawford got it when he was here with that huge deal. I, I would agree with that. Uh, I mean, I'll, although I don't, I don't know, obviously, uh, other than from the outside, but I, yeah, I just think, uh, and you're right, his contract's probably too big to trade, especially like the fact that we just signed him, so he's sort of stuck there. I hope it works out for him. I actually like David Price, and I don't like, it's like one of the things that frustrates me about baseball is sort of like how good players are just suddenly not good anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, especially it happens pitchers. a lot. So, I, I, yeah, I, I hope he turns it around. Some days you just don't have it. Uh, I kind of hope he turns it around too. But it's going to start with it's going to start with him drowning out all the noise and not caring whether he performs for anyone but himself and his teammates. And you know what? I mean, maybe last night was the turn. Maybe that's maybe he is going to pitch better going forward. And tonight is just a bump in the road or something. But it it seems as though he's still he's still rattled a little bit. He's still getting in his own head. He's still worrying about what everybody has to say. So. I'll be interested to see what his comments are after the game tonight, if he even makes any. Yeah, let's move on to the next topic. Um, this one's a little bit more serious. There, there are uh, domestic in, uh, violence investigations going on into uh, Tampa Bay Rays catcher Derek Norris and Cubs shortstop Addison Russell. Uh, and Major League Baseball has sort of uh, they suspended uh, Addison Russell for tonight's game while while they lead their investigation. And uh, Norris is currently playing, but baseball is investigating. In Norris's case, uh, it's allegations from October 2015 that his wife uh, made about him doing. And he's Norris is denying it and saying he's he's going to cooperate with Major League Baseball investigators. And Russell. Uh, Russell's situation was uh, apparently he had cheated on his wife and she posted uh, a, a picture of herself, you know, talking about how, she, how she's free and, you know, tired of being lied to and cheated on. And in the comments of that post, somebody else alleged 
and Russell had abused her. And that, and that's what led to uh, his, you know, suspension while they're investigating. I don't, I don't love this, this po- look, this is a, a, a sticky subject for you because it's like domestic violence is a, a serious matter that like we should take seriously. But I, I don't like Major League Baseball, uh, you know, trying to be responsible for doing criminal investigations. Like, that, that's where I'm at on this. Like, this, particularly in the case of Russell, because uh, there were no charges filed. Uh, even in the case of Norris, also no charges filed. But there, there was not even an allegation from his wife directly. Yeah, this seems so like kind I, of a double think... standard somehow. I don't know what they're doing here, but that's it's, is it because Russell is, is more of a, a big name and people are going to look at at him as a they're going to they're going to see a name, his name in the in the paper and worry about it as opposed to Bud Norris, who's who whoever knows he's a nobody. I don't know. Well, I, I think the, the pro, I would guess that the issue was is that Russell's uh, domestic violence. Allegations, if, you know, if, if they happened, if they occurred more uh, recently, and would be sort of uh, easier to to investigate. But I mean, as opposed to like Norris is already uh, divorced from his wife, and she d- didn't make this. She's claiming that he did it a year ago. It's going to be harder for baseball to even like, even if that's the case, it's going to be hard for baseball to verify that now. Whereas like, they can at least talk to this person who who made the social media comment. It just bothers me, one, because, like, I feel like this is, in my opinion, it's, it's sort of like, leave this to the police. Like, I don't want Major League Baseball detectives out there. Like, and it seems to only apply to this. Like, if you got in a bar fight, Major League Baseball is not sending an investigator to find out whether or not you did. You know what I mean? Like, there'll be a police report, and if charges are filed, they'll, they'll deal with it there. It just it seems like, and, and I understand, like, I understand the outrage about domestic violence, and I I agree with that. But I just I don't I one I feel like there there are other situations with with players where like when it's a he said she said situation or like the evidence isn't lacking, base base or is lacking rather. Baseball has sort of suspended the players anyway, particularly in this, in this off season as a sort of overreaction to that. In in this particular case too with Russell, it's like his wife's not even coming out and saying he abused me. They're, they're, you can't hold him out for this game while you investigate without literally having any evidence at all other than a Facebook comment. Like, I could go on Addison Russell's Facebook page and say, yeah, you're abusing your wife. You know what I mean? That's, that's, in terms of evidence, that's so flimsy that I, I, don't, I don't understand how that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I know, uh, depending on who it is, like, is this, is this a fam- another family member or something like that? I mean, is it, or is it just some random person maybe they knew right away? Uh, that who it was, and they could go directly to that person. But I don't know about suspending him because of that. They must have thought it was a pretty relevant source or a pretty uh, reliable source anyway. But the, I, I would agree with you that if, especially if, I mean, and I know it happened allegedly two years ago, but you, you can't suspend one guy and not the other. It, it just it's, it sort of seems like they should have let him play and do their due diligence. And if he gets suspended, Tomorrow, then so be it, because they've they've talked to the people, you know. But like, what? Here's the thing. So if she doesn't, obviously she's married to Addison Russell, so like it it would affect his pocketbook should he get suspended by by Major League Baseball. So she has, you know, she has an interest in in terms of like him not getting suspended, and not not necessarily to say that like she wouldn't go against that or she's some kind of gold digger. But the point is, is like 
if she already if, if she is being abused and she's not willing to to report it to police and there's no there, there's already like no physical evidence out there that that we know of like I don't understand what what is major league baseball going to do that like the police can't do like what what sort of what are they going to accomplish with this investigation like talk to people but I feel like yeah right and that's another thing is like how how can you uh, suspend him when you haven't even gone to the police like bring it to the police's attention first and and then if they say okay this seems serious then maybe you go suspend right. him right yeah I I just don't I don't understand how their resources are better than the police but I think in in their case like their their burden of proof is lower. You know what I mean? So for, for them, if like something, and that's sort of my issue with it, for them, if something seems even suspicious, they don't necessarily have to give the player the benefit of the doubt because they're worried about their reputation and they're going to suspend him anyway. But that, it, but then it creates these witch hunt situations where he's not playing tonight, uh, you know, immediately in, in the wake of a comment without anything to back that up. And I don't, I don't like the, the, the I don't like that standard and I don't, I don't like what it says, even though, it, it reflects well on the idea of preventing domestic violence, and I, I approve of that part of it. But I don't. Well, I don't it's, like. It's not. The, the it's not a good process. precedent. If if there's no, if they're not confident in the source, and they couldn't see immediately who it was or something like that, then it's not a good precedent to set because that just means that any old person can go, like you said, onto anybody's post and and say something about it. So, uh, it just to me, I mean, what what's what's next? Oh, hey. Hey, uh, uh, David Price, remember that time that you shot me in the foot with the with that gun that you had or something? You know, like where? What's the next thing that somebody puts as a, as a comment on a a, a celebrity's um, Instagram or Facebook or what what have you, and says something salacious that is a serious issue, but maybe it's not tr- totally true. And I mean, is everything going to be an investigation now? I just it's a slippery slope. So I, I would have hoped that Major League Baseball would, uh, or I would, I hope that they would have gotten some hard evidence or a good intonation that this was actually true before they went and suspended him. Yeah, and, and I, I think to to suspend him before concluding the the investigation is probably a a bad mistake. And you're right; it probably has to do with the profile ultimately of Russell over. Uh, over Norris, and maybe the fact that he plays for the Cubs, and you know they just won the World Series. But um, I'm looking at it now. It's actually a friend of Russell's wife, who uh, she says Melissa didn't want that out, but I'll say it. He hit her in front of Aiden and Mila. So that's that's the line. I'm sure they went to her and talked to her about it. But even even if she says she did that, if the wife denies it, and there's you know what I mean, I, I, it needs to be substantiated better than that, in, in my opinion, before you just decide to suspend a guy. But that's all I have to say on that, I guess. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope that they would have at least talked to the wife before he gets suspended. But we'll see what, what comes of that. Um, do you want to talk about uh, Mr. Kaepernick, or do you want to end the show? Oh, yeah, we can talk about Mr. Kaepernick. So, uh, Colin Kaepernick tried to sign with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they worked him out. Uh, Pete Carroll said a bunch of nice things about him, how he thinks he's like he's a starter in this league, and you know he's going to fit on some on some team, and he, he's a good value. And then they didn't sign him, only to sign like significantly worse quarterback Austin Barnes. 
like there's sort of this notion out around the league that like that now that, that Kaepernick's getting blackballed, although there are people who are like denying it as well and talking about his talent. Like it's obvious he's getting blackballed at this point, right? It's pretty obvious. Um, yeah, I mean, if if uh, if Nice Pete over there is not signing you because you're too good, I guess. I mean, yeah. Even if he goes a liar, even, what, I, I just understand. It's, it's uh, we don't want Russell Wilson to look over, over his shoulder. We don't want him to think that his job's in jeopardy or something like that. Like that's, eh, I don't know if I buy that because in the NFL, don't you want to just win? So if you think a guy is talented, then you'll bring him in. I mean, was he really demanding that much money? I think at this point you could probably sign him for whatever you wanted because he's he doesn't have any other options. So I, yeah. I think the money is not even an issue, not something you even discuss. How the how sign a guy that you think is is a good quarterback just because he, he just because uh, he you think he's he's going to be too much of competition for for your starter. I just don't, I don't understand. I think you, you always want a good backup plan in the NFL, especially if you can get one for a good value. So yeah, I, something's going on here. And it's, it seems to me that uh, Kaepernick, for whatever reason, I just, I'm, I love conspiracies, but this is a kind of crappy one. It's like, I, I, regardless of whether you agree or disagree with what he did in, in uh direction towards the flag and, and not standing for the national anthem and, and all that and the comments that he made, he's entitled to his opinion and he's entitled to a job, especially if he's good at what he does. So he, he hasn't done anything wrong. And by all accounts, he's still a good quarterback. Why doesn't somebody sign this guy? And to me, that, that means, uh, guess what? The league had bad ratings last year. A lot of people answered the questions that, that they surveyed uh, people on trying to figure out why. And, I bet that his name was one of them, one of those reasons. So Roger Goodell, the owners, they say, you know what? This guy's not going to make any more noise as an employee of the NFL. I want to see where he lands, if anywhere, and I think it's going to be TV, and I hope that he tells his story because something's going on here. It doesn't smell right. Well, I, if you remember last year, I, or when it was last, before last season at this, at, at this time, uh, I said what I said was that like I think that the, the Niners wanted to cut him then, but they but they couldn't because like the political fallout would be worse for them. But they also clearly hated the fact that he did it because it also it created political fallout for him on the other end. So it, it's it's still the same for Kaepernick now. Like the bottom line is, look, in, unless you're a, a transcendent level of talent, teams, sports teams, particularly in in the NFL. Like they're not they're not willing to to put up with the headache of, of bringing you in, even if that headache isn't your, entirely your fault. I don't even want to I don't want to debate whether or not like it, it's smart that, that Kaepernick knelt the flag or like whether or not I approve of that politically because it's it's irrelevant. The the, the only relevant thing is the fact that like a, a lot of people are angry about it and a lot of other people support it. And I don't know if there's a team in the NFL. That sort of wants to head, even if he like pledges that he that he won't do it anymore, which he has. I it, it doesn't matter because he's he's already got the reputation as as the guy who has done that, and he sort of represents a political position. Again, regardless of what you think of that political position as the NFL team, that doesn't necessarily mean you want to add 
that that drama, or you or you you don't want to answer questions about your backup quarterback. You know what I mean? He didn't even sign with Seattle, and Pete Carroll's out there, you know, having to talk about how great Colin Kaepernick is, and you know he's going to sign with another team. Pete Carroll doesn't want to do that. That's why they that's why they didn't want to sign him. They signed Austin Barnes because he's just going to show up. First of all, like he's, neither one of those guys is going to take Russell Wilson's job. I don't think Russell Wilson can play. But like Austin Barnes can just show up and, and play, you know, the, the fourth quarter of a couple blowouts, and nobody says anything. But Kaepernick comes on the field in that situation. He gets booed. He gets on the team. He gets a bunch of questions asked about him. He, you know, he gets booed when he's in, in the game in, in the third quarter of a preseason game. Uh, people are, you know, burning Kaepernick jerseys or whatever. Maybe, maybe it's not that bad, but it's still, it's still an issue. It's still questions. It's still a distraction. And I, I don't feel like NFL teams, as conservative as they are, like, do you think Bill Belichick would ever deal with that in any circumstance, regardless of how good Kaepernick is? No way. Nope, definitely not. So it's, definitely it's, yeah, not. I don't think it's, I don't think it's totally his fault. It's just, but, but he. He also sort of chose to, to, to make that stand, and I, I think that there's there's sort of been a political consequence uh, for him for that. But I think that as, you know, for him, if it's worth it, if he was well aware of that, then, then great. If he if he was naive about it, then I, I guess I sort of feel bad for him for that reason. But you know, he made his decision. Yeah, but I don't. I still don't think he deserves to be blackballed for it. I mean, I, he's got to be able to to. It convinced somebody that he can still play in this league, and it just uh, it, it doesn't doesn't look right. Which is why I feel like it's coming more from the top than it is from the, the coaches that have looked into him. I I wouldn't I wouldn't think that the coaching staffs would be the ones that are that would have a problem with a guy like that being employed by the organization if he could play. Yeah. It- I think you're probably right. I think most coaches don't care. I think it's probably more general managers, owners, organizations, PR people, people like that. Although I, I, I actually I take that back because I, again, I, I think a lot of coaches do uh, not want to have to deal with with sure. Like Belichick, it, I think like, is one of them. You're right, but he's more of a, a yeah. of an organizational guy anyway. He's looking at the big picture. I think there are a lot of coaches out there that just want the best players. But I, I think coaches want. Coaches want their backup quarterbacks to be like ball in line guys. They, I, I think that, that I, I think that a lot of football coaches sort of want like guys to be more anonymous. Like they don't want, you know, they don't want like even the Kaepernick aside. Like they all, I, I think the same thing happened with like Tim Tebow. You know what I mean? I think part of the reason why Tim Tebow couldn't get a, a backup quarterback job in the NFL after being a starter for for a year and winning a playoff game is a circus. It, 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 yeah, it's just that he was—he's too famous. That's what it comes down to. He's too famous to be a backup quarterback. You want your backup quarterback to be an anonymous guy who maybe becomes famous when you know the starter is hurt and he—he's out there in, in the front. But you want your back line guys to be grunts. And if you're an NFL uh, coach, and I think that's sort of how they treat them. And I, that's what I—I I, I think that's part of the problem too with Kaepernick. It's like he can't—he can't be anonymous anymore because he's calling Kaepernick man. Good point. I never really thought about it that way, but that's uh, that's definitely relevant, I think. So yeah. that's it, though. You have anything else tonight? Uh, no, that can be it. Yeah, that's good. All right, then. Cough button worked and everything. I made it all the way through. Um, nice. Nice talking to you, bud. 
Yeah, yeah, good. Well, are we going to be back on Tuesday, or what's your deal? Yeah, I think so. Uh, pretty sure. Nothing crosses my mind. Yeah, we don't, we should be back on Tuesday. All right, sounds good, buddy. Wonderful. Have a wonderful night, and we'll talk to you yeah, later. You too. All right, sounds good. Good night, everyone.